Welcome to the Mission City Church Podcast. My name is Jake Eichert, and I am the Community Groups and Creative Director at Mission City Church, as well as the host of this podcast. Each week, you can find full-length sermons, five-minute sermon breakdowns, and inspiring conversations with guests about discipleship, current events, local outreach, and more. Our mission as a church is to make Jesus known, and we pray that this podcast does just that for you. If it does, please subscribe and share. But for now, please enjoy this episode of the Mission City Church Podcast. You guys doing all right? Everyone flying high after last weekend? Okay. <laughs> I guess not. We'll try again. Uh, okay. Or I guess everyone's like kind of in a, uh, maybe a lull because you're like, it's Sunday. I was talking to, was it, was it you, Landon? I was talking to you about how it's Sunday and what am I going to do with my life now that there's no more football? <laughs> like, I'm going to have to go outside. It's nice outside. I'm actually have to go outside and enjoy it. I think it's nice. At least it looks nice today. Who knows? But uh, I'm excited for today. Uh, We're going to be in Matthew chapter 13. We're continuing our series looking at the five major teachings of Jesus. We're in the third major teaching right now, uh, which is about, which is parables. And uh, and so last week, uh, Jake talked about the parable of the sower. And today I'm going to talk about the parable of the weeds. So I'm going to actually read the whole section. There's another, most of Jesus's parables don't have explanations with them. Uh, but in Matthew 13, he, he provides two explanations for uh, the one we talked about last week and the parable we talked about this week. So if you have your Bibles, you can flip to Matthew chapter 13. We'll start uh, in verse 24. And if you don't have it, it'll be on the screen, which is great. So he put another parable before them saying, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? He said to them, An enemy has done this. So the servants said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, no, lest in in gathering the weeds you root up, the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned. But gather the wheat into my barn. If you skip down to verse 36, he will explain it. I'm going to read that as well. He says, then he left the crowds and went into the house And his disciples came to him saying, explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. And he answered, the one who sows the the good seed is the son of man. That's how Jesus described himself, son of man. The field is the world and the good seed is the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one. And the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. So the Son of Man will send his angels, and they will gather out his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers, and throw them into the fiery furnace. And in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let them hear. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, would you just illuminate to us today what you want us to learn from this parable? 
and that you would just teach us today uh, through your word, through the power of your Holy Spirit. Your spirit would just speak through me today. We love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, welcome to church. Uh, who thought they were waking up today and we get to talk about hell? There you go. Who's excited? Uh, we, we are going, <laughs> sweet, okay, two of you, great. Uh, we are, we are going to be talking about hell because there's the, the conclusion of this sermon or this, this parable specifically does have uh, judgment. I'll, I'll use the word judgment more than hell today, but uh, it has this word judgment uh, piece end of it, that at the end of the age, there will be a separation between the, the wheat, or if you are a little bit more old school, we use the word tares. You ever heard the, the, the parable of the wheat and the tares? I like to use the word tear because... I can't say wheat and weed too many times back to back because I don't enunciate well enough to do it. And so I'm going to use the word tear for weed, just so you know, okay? Uh, so if that bothers you, I'm sorry. That's just me. I can't talk. I don't speak very well. So, but that's just how it goes. But uh, we're talking about that. That's kind of the final conclusion. At the end of the age, there'll be a time where Jesus will gather uh, his sons and daughters, and they will come, and they'll shine like light. And at the end, there'll be those that are th- those that are sinful or lawless people that will be separated as well. Now, what in general, I, want, I did want to address this. What are the, what are the purposes of parables? So Jesus uh, didn't tell parables to make everything clear, right? Like sometimes it's 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 not the easiest way to to communicate a point, but he was doing it to uh, provoke the imaginations of the listeners. And he wasn't the only one that used parables during the day. There would be other rabbis or other teachers. Uh, It would have been common for them to use parables as a way of teaching as well. Uh, But scripture promised, uh, excuse me, Jesus's parables were and are about him and his kingdom and what he came to do. They also were uh, challenging the spiritual authority uh, of that day. And so scripture promised that one day that that God was going to send a king to rule over them, and they were waiting for this king to come and to conquer Rome. And instead, uh, he sent Jesus, born to be a baby, into the backwoods community of Galilee and started a grassroots movement that eventually would change the world where you and I and, and billions of people around the world believe in this person named Jesus as well. But this movement that he was starting wasn't about conquering through uh, a king and an army coming to conquer. It was this upside-down kingdom where he came to the poor, the broken, the widow, the sinner, and said, hey, I have good news for you because the Messiah is here. And the way that he conquered wasn't, again, by, by conquering a city. He conquered it on a cross as well. And, and so he's inviting us as his followers into his kingdom to live his way and to pursue him. And so his, his parables uh, give us imagery or, or pictures of what his kingdom might look like as well. And so as I read parables, I read them and say, hey, what does this tell me about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven as Matthew uses? What does this tell me about who Jesus is? And then maybe is, is he critiquing, is he using imagery here to critique the religious establishment or the establishment of that day? Uh, and so these are some questions as you encounter other parables that you can take with you along the way. Now, again, this might not have been the weekend that you were hoping for, like, hey, we get to talk a little bit about judgment. That's not very fun. That's not very Christian of you to do that, right? I'm just joking. Uh, but uh, it, is a, it is an interesting thing that this is an uncomfortable conversation for us. And I, and I understand there's feelings involved. There's a, there's, an etern- there's, a, there's a reality involved. There's a future reality involved. But I, I think as we 
as we start having the conversations about things like judgment or things like hell or he uses um, a fiery furnace uh, in, this, uh, in this specific parable for the imagery that he uses here. I think, it, I think what it causes me to do is, of course, I want to know what the scriptures are teaching, but it, it, it almost draws a line and causes me to ask the question of like, do I believe that I can trust God with judging the world? Like, do I believe that God will make the right decision in the end? That's, that's the question that I'm faced with. Because if, I, if, I, if it bothers me, if it, if, it, if it causes tension inside of me and, 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 and going, uh, you know, that's not fair or I don't think that's right or whatever else it is, then at the end of the day, I'm going, I don't think that God is capable of being a good judge in this moment. And so, um, and also, um, uh, that's an interesting thing. And so this is, this, is, this is where you might be faced or challenged today uh, as we kind of jump into this parable as well. So we jump back to, uh, back to the beginning, verse 24. He says, he put another parable for them saying, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in the field, but while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? And so uh, I love the fact that his, his uh, servants or the people that are working for them, that when they wake up the next day, do you know who they kind of ask, the, to, to, who they cause the blame towards? They're like, is this you, Jesus? Like, did you, are you the one? Did you accidentally mix? Did you grab the bag of, of wheat and weeds? Did you grab the bag of wheat and tares? Is this you? Did you do this? Jesus, is this your I'm using Jesus because Jesus is, calls himself the Son of Man, and this is the Son of Man is the one that, that, that lays the, the seed out as well. Did you do that? Did you, did you lay some, 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 some weeds out? Did you do this by mistake? Why did, why did this happen? I don't know about you, but like, if you think if, if wheat is like the good things or the good things, the good people and the good things that happen in the world, and the weeds are the evil things or the evil people that happen in this, the evil things that happen in this world, like when I encounter tears in my life or when I encounter weeds in my life, my first reaction, it could be visceral, it could be anything else, is to question or blame God. Is this you, Lord? Is it, did you do this? And I'm not saying this is the right reaction. I'm just saying this typically is my human, my fleshly reaction is to question and say, God, did you do that? Is that your fault? Why did you let that happen? Why did you do that? And we're not, today we're not going to do a whole sermon on the question of evil and, 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 and have a complete fin, finalization of how to answer that question. But I do know that I do this, that, that I can tend to look to God to be the, the, the one and blame him for the things when he eventually will say, no, the enemy did this. It wasn't me. It was the enemy. The enemy is to blame along the way. And then uh, if, if you actually look at the words of the word for weeds or for tares, uh, it actually is a specific type of weed that was called false wheat. Uh, and so we have a picture of the two. And I don't know how it's going to look on the screen because it was small, but kind of small, but in, in the earliest stages of growth, the reason why they did not want to go and pick up the tares is because it would have been very difficult to distinguish between the two. And, 
And as I think about this, as I think about, I love that it gets called the name false wheat because I think we, as people who follow Jesus or are considering following Jesus or, or talking or, th- or have thought about following Jesus, is that we, we have to be hesitant to, to, to declare which is which, right? Like, I, I'm not a farmer by any means of the, of the imagination. I, have, I do not have a green thumb. Uh, I have a black thumb. I like to kill, uh, not like, I tend to kill plants um, unintentionally. Uh, you can ask my wife. She loves plants. Our house is full of plants. You can have them. Just come over. We'll shop and we can talk about it. But, um, but, but I can't tell the difference between those two things super, super early on. And, uh, but, and, and, and it should give us this hesitancy in some ways going, uh, not, not just in, in, in trying to say, hey, that person's a weed, that person's wheat, that person's a tear, that person's a weed, that person's good, that person's bad. It should do that, but also should make us be a little introspective of ourselves going early on, I, I might not know which is which. Like, like, like that I could, I, I have to be careful to make sure that I am not believing and living out what we call in the church world like a false gospel or a false teaching, a false good news, because it might be too early in my own heart to tell, because there might not be fruit yet in my own life. And, uh, and so in light of that, we have to be vigilant, and I want to encourage you to be vigilant in what shapes you and what you listen to. And what you, what you challenge you, not just from a what, what sermons or what pastors do you listen to or what, what you know, background teaching do you listen to, but also we have to be hesitant on how cultural shape, culture shapes us as well. What are the things that maybe even subconsciously shape the way that you view the world that is a false gospel or is a false thing that is leading you to, to something that's not good as well? And... Uh, and uh, in, in the midst of it, we have to be, we have to be weary of this. We, you, you might think or assume that you're a weed. And I'm not trying to scare you and think that you're not a believer in something like that as well. But there is a real passage that Jesus says that many of you will call me Lord, Lord, but you will not enter, you, you, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And so there's this question of like, I need to be hesitant. I need to be, uh, I need to be intentional about what I believe as well. There's a, I don't have time to break down this sermon today, but there's, um, there's a sermon that I think that I would encourage you to listen to that's not by me. Uh, there's a guy named John Mark Comer who did a sermon. Uh, he called It's on the four American Gospels. If you're interested in listening to it, uh, I will share the link. I can text it to you, or I can, if you put it on a Connect card, we'll email it to you. And, and it's not, so he kind of does a, he does a kind of a critique uh, of the four main American Gospels that most of us heard when we were growing up. And and, it, and what, he's, what he's not doing is he's not saying these aren't the Gospels. What he's saying is these are, these are incomplete versions of the good news because a lot of them have they, what they do and what we did really well in my, in my background, and it could be in your background too, is we really got the forgiveness of sins part. Like Jesus came, died, and rose again for our sins so that we can be with him in eternity. But what they didn't get is a lot of them don't have is this like loyalty to Jesus, this king, like Jesus is king, this discipleship to Jesus, this like, it's almost like I'm good. The rest of my life doesn't matter. I'm just waiting till Jesus comes back. 
versus like, no, now I have been set free from sin. I've been set free from darkness. I'm now in the light. And now the rest of my life, I'm going to give to Jesus and whatever he calls me to. And a lot of them don't have that second half. And that's why we see, we've seen in a lot of our friends that they've walked away from the faith uh, once they get out of high school or they go into college because they don't, there's not this real tangible change in them as well. And so it's a very fascinating, that's, not, that's just one. He has four critiques of, of, of other ones as well. So if you want to listen to that as well. But in, in general, though, we want to make sure that we're not misunderstanding what the good news is. And we say it here, I've been saying it for the last probably month and a half, that Jesus Christ is the saving king, that Jesus, the son of God or the son of man, is the Jewish Messiah who came to to rescue us from our sins and also reigns now at the right hand of the Father and that we, as followers of Jesus, should live under his rule and his reign in our lives, meaning that whatever, however he called us to live, we should live that way as well. And if we're living under any other gospel or any other good news, then we might have been misled, we might be mistaken. And so we need to be introspective and ask, am I loyal to King Jesus? Uh, not just because he saved me from my sins, which thank God that he did because I need his grace and I need his mercy, but also am I living, uh, or a print, we, another way we say is, am I following Jesus with my whole life? Um, so there's that. Then, then uh, verse 28, he says, and, um, he says, he said to them, and an enemy has done this. So the servant said to him, then do you want us to go and gather them? And I love this because who, who done it? The enemy did it, right? Uh, good, good, no, good, good little side nugget here is he calls it the enemy, not another person. And so the enemy is, there's an enemy out there that is real. And he's not saying that people are the enemy. He's saying that there's an, the enemy did this as real. And they, but they're like, hey, you want us to go just round up those things? Now, have you ever, um, I, I just imagine them going, I don't know what, how they picked weeds, probably with hands. I hate picking weeds, by the way. Anyone, anyone just love picking a weed in a, in a garden bed? Good. If you said yes, we'd have some conversation. Now, again, I, I, have, a, I have the black thumb, right? So I, I, killing weeds are great. Like my like, dream job of killing a weeds in my yard would be taking a weed whacker. Do you guys call it a weed whacker? What do you guys call it? I'm from the South. Weed, is a weed whacker the appropriate thing? Taking a weed whacker and just going to town on some weeds. There's some joy in that, right? And this is what I imagine the disciples want to do with the tares in the field, they want to go, and they just want to jack those. You know, there's a weed right there. I'm going to get rid of that thing. Where's my weed whacker? Let me just go after this. Let me just rip these things up. You guys ever see the movie Minority Report? You know, have you seen the movie Minority Report or know what it is? For the maybe slightly older crowd in the room that has seen the movie, because uh, Jared, you seen Minority Report? Okay, it's a great movie. Thank you. Uh, it's a movie that basically talks that, that, that where, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm getting excited. Um, it's a movie where in order to stop crimes, uh, basically they've created a system to stop crime before it happens. And, and so what they, go, they, they do is they go around and arresting people for uh, almost like just preconceived crimes. And so this is what I imagine the, the disciples are wanting to do in this moment. It's not, it's not preconceived, but it's like any little, little inkling of looking like a weed or a tear. It's like, let's rip that, those things up. Let's just go after those things. Let's get rid of that. Let's rip out all of the weeds. And then what would happen if that actually happened? 
None of us would make it. You know why? Because every single one of us has done something evil in this world and that we just get it ripped out. But they, they just want to go after it. And Jesus basically tells them, you're not going to know the difference. You're not going to know the difference. And even in our own world today, like we, a part of this teaching about the kingdom is the kingdom of, of heaven is at hand, Jesus says. And so we live in a world that is, is, is full of, of wheat and tares. We live in a, a, a world that is full of the kingdom of God growing and also the kingdom of the evil one growing as well. And we're, we're waiting for the time that there will be a reaping to happen as well. And we can't do it so soon. And what we want to do, what I want to do, not just you, but what I want to do as well is that I want to be the judge in this moment. I want to be the one who gets to decide where, where the weed whacker just comes and just, just digs up a, a section of the world. I want to be the one, it's like playing duck, duck, goose with the world, right? Like wheat, wheat, tear, 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 wheat, wheat. Like it's like we're just kids going around just naming what we perceive to be the person that is following Jesus or not following Jesus and, and we, who is good or who is evil. Now some evil is just... Is, is just clear as day, but still God tells us to be patient and to wait until the end as well. But what we, or me, I, I like to assume that I know better. I like to assume that I know better in thinking of who is good and who is evil. And what ends up happening is that we call the, the wheat people that probably look like us, who think like us, believe like us, agree with us. And that people that oppose us, we say, no, that's a terror right there. That's, a, that's, something, that's someone that is evil. Can you, can you believe that terror over there? You see that terror over there? You see that happen over there? You know, what that, you know what that terror did to me the other day? And where Jesus is saying, be patient. Be patient. There is a time that judgment will happen. There's a reality. There is a time there will be a reaping. But be patient. And in some ways, you in your own life needed God to be patient with you. Right? Like, you needed God to be patient with you. We, we've talked in, in past times, if you've not heard us talk about this, but um, Exodus 34, 6 and 7, if you, if you need a quick text to know what God is like, this is when God describes his character for the first time in the scripture to Moses. And one of the descriptions is he says he is slow to anger. It's a literally, literally translate long of nose, which is a funny way to describe it. But, but if you're short-tempered, you have a short fuse, short nose. Anyway, but, um, but he's slow to anger, meaning that for us, that God gives us grace and mercy as he is drawing us to himself. And if he didn't, if it was like the minority port and we were locked up in a moment, then we wouldn't have the chance to grow into the plant or to grow into and have the fruit that God might be growing in us. And if we make too quick of judgments, like the wheat and the tares, we might be mistaken in someone's life about what God is doing. And so we need God to be slow to anger to us. We need God to be merciful with us. And, and we need God to be merciful with others so that more will come into the knowledge of who Jesus is as this saving king as well. But instead, like for me, like I want justice. I want vengeance. I want, I want it to be resolved now. And this parable is teaching us two words is to wait and to trust. It's to wait and to trust. And so then the, the parable continues in verse 36, or he, he gives his explanation. And he says, the, the good seed is the son of man, which is Jesus. 
the one who's, uh, the field is the world, the good seed is the sons of the kingdom, the weeds are the sons of evil. And so then we get to the, the part that it can be difficult for us at times, to, to, especially in our culture of just the consequences can be difficult for us, I think, in our cultures. Like we want to avoid consequences. As a person who I, I try everything I can in my life if I see a consequence coming to find a way to manufacture and avoiding the consequence, you know, speeding ticket. Let me find a way to find a loophole, you know, anything. Uh, just to move out of those things. You can tell George I say sorry about that. Um, but verse 36, and he says, uh, and so, and the enemy who sown them is the devil. So he gives a name to the enemy, which is the devil. Uh, and the harvest is in the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. And so just as the weeds are gathered and burned, so will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send angels. They will gather out his kingdom. All, and this is who he's gathering. Listen to who he's gathering. All causes of sin and all lawbreakers. And throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then he talks about how the righteous or the wheat will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. And if you if you have ears, listen. Can you hear? And you know, at the end of this is that there will be at the end. We do believe when Jesus returns that there will be judgment. Uh, it's I wish, as someone who has studied the scriptures, could say that there wasn't, uh, but I I just can't get there. I'm sorry. And it's just pretty clear in a lot of the different teachings as well. Um, and we can talk about that if we're study about that. If you ever want to have a conversation and look at those passages together, I would love to do that with any of you. Uh, but there will be a gathering. And he says all causes of sin and all lawbreakers will throw them into a furnace. And uh, there will be a judgment. There will be a conclusion. And, um, and, and I would say this, is that, that, that we, we, we desire justice as, as a people. Like, I, I would imagine that you, when evil has been done to you, you desire justice. Um, Jake talked about the tragedy that happened on Wednesday. We can all look at our world and go, there's things that are broken in our world. I don't think, like, that's a, that's a clear evil that has happened, right? Someone that coming and shooting 20 people, killing one person. That's a clear evil. And we long for evil to be done away with. And we know that Jesus was victorious on the cross, and we know from the scriptures that he is going to come back and that he is going to, to, to make everything right as well. And so the conclusion that I have to make is, do I believe and trust that the Lord knows what he's doing? Do I believe uh, that, 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 he, that I can trust him, that he is going to judge righteously, that he's going to judge fairly in the right time? That's what the Psalms talk, talk, talk about. They say that, that God will judge fairly in the right time. And, and then we have to wait because when evil is done to me, do you know what I want to do back to it? I want to do evil back to it. I want to crush things that happen back to me. And when someone has harmed me or hurt people that I love or done, done something that is wrong and evil, I want to, frankly, I want to repay evil with evil. My fleshly wants to do that. But as someone who has been miraculously saved by grace, through faith, in the blood of Jesus, called to live and to follow him, I wait because I know that Jesus is ultimately will judge the living and the dead. Uh, I'm going to invite the band to come back up. But we have, 
uh, I think in our, in, our, in, our, in our minds, we have to, I was reading a, a guy that kind of talked about the different caricatures of God. He, he, he says this quote, he says, there are certainly caricatures of God and his judgments, which we should avoid like the plague. So the first one is this, is that God is not a sadistic monster who would happily uh, consign most of his beloved image-bearing creatures to eternal fire. But there are equal and opposite characters, which we should also be aware of, that God is not an indulgent grandparent determined to spoil the youngsters, rotten by letting them do whatever they like and still giving them the sweet sweets at the end of the day. We must re- refuse the second just as much as, as the first. Now, my daughter, sweet daughter, is at her grandparents this weekend. Uh, and if you've seen Maisie running around, she's a, she's a, she's a doll, and we love her. But... Her grandparents will give her sweets all the time. And it doesn't, and I'm talking all, like we get, yeah, all the time, okay? Doesn't, it doesn't matter what time of day it is. It doesn't matter how many times I ask them not to do it. <laughs> they, doesn't, well, we're at the grandparents. You got to live, we got to live, you know what I mean? And you know what? Sure. But there's a reality to I don't, if, if, if Maisie is, and they're, they're great-grandparents. That's their role, right? They're not her parents. I'm her parents. Reality, she's coming home today at 6. Reality happens at 6 p.m., okay? You know what I'm saying? And it's going to be glorious for all of us. <laughs> Maybe not for everyone, but it's going to be glorious for Dad. Um, but I say that to say that, that it is, it's equally as unrealistic to, to see God as, as someone who says, you can do whatever you want, and there's no consequences. Be as evil as you want to be, and there's no consequences, and everything's going to be okay. Ignore me, deny me, reject me. Don't even want anything to do with me for your entire life. And yeah, but everything's going to be okay. And, um, and so we, I think at the end of the day, we have to believe that God will judge justly. He'll judge fairly. We have to lean into that. We have to trust that. And also to not assume as me sitting up here, that I am all-knowing enough to go, wheat, wheat, tear, wheat, tear, we don't know. And so we wait patiently, and then we lean in, and that we, we, we search the scriptures and trust God for who his character says he is. And that we believe that he is good. And that we, we believe that he is good, and we trust in his goodness because he is a good judge. And then it gives us, because for us, as people who have been forgiven much, as people who have been, our eyes have been open, it should give us this desire to worship. It should give us this desire to praise him and, and this level of thankfulness because of his graciousness and kindness to you that you have received by the blood of Christ. And so we pray for us, and then we're going to move to a time of, a time of response. So Lord Jesus, uh, we do thank you, God, that you are a gracious God that you're patient with us as we learn and, and, and your call and your voice in our lives. God, I pray for us today, God, that we wouldn't be a judgmental people who think and assume that we know uh, the eternal destination of every person in this room, but you would give us the grace and mercy to shine and to bear fruit as, as, as your children in this world. And God, uh, when, when, when the desire to repay evil with evil comes upon us, God, that we would wait for your judgment because we know one day that you will rid the world of evil and we, we trust you, Lord. And so, God, would you be with us in this time of response? Would you move amongst us? We love you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mission City Church podcast. Mission City Church is a non-denominational church in Mission, Kansas. We meet on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Merriam Community Center off Slater Street between Johnson Drive and Shawnee Mission Parkway. We also have five community groups that meet throughout the KC Metro. If you live in the Kansas City area and would like more information, please visit our website at missioncitykc.com or send me an email at jake at missioncitykc.com.